Radio MD. RadioMD.com. The world's preeminent talk radio portal. All about your health. And now here's Melanie Cole, MS, host of Staying Well. The Ebola outbreak in Africa is causing a real scare in the United States. And I think the real question is, should we be scared? Is it an outbreak here yet or not really? Just a few isolated cases. My guest is Dr. Irwin Redliner. He's the director of the National Center for Disaster Preparedness. Welcome to the show, Dr. Redliner. So how do you differentiate between flu symptoms and Ebola symptoms? And how is it spread? That's the biggest question. Well, hi, and uh, glad to be with you. So one of the big challenges is, in fact, differentiating um, the uh, early signs of Ebola from a lot of other conditions that people get all the time, including flu and measles and uh, in Africa, malaria and so forth. So we have a challenge here. And how we handle this is we say that there are uh, two triggers to really being becoming suspicious that somebody might actually be a case of Ebola. Uh, and one trigger is having the exposure. And this is a very important part of the diagnosis because uh, in order to get Ebola, you have to be near Ebola. And for the moment, that means that you uh, have come from one of the countries where Ebola is a serious and growing problem. That would be in the western part of Africa, so Sierra Leone uh, and uh, Guinea and other countries in that region would be uh, places that would trigger at least the question: um, If you if you are from those areas, then uh, do you have you have you had contact with somebody who might have Ebola, or are you showing evidence of being ill? So if you have flu-like symptoms and you've never been anywhere near those countries or anywhere near anybody that's got them, you're presumed to have flu. But if you have flu-like symptoms and you've been in Sierra Leone or Guinea or uh, or Liberia or any any of those other countries, then when then we're going to start by assuming that you may have Ebola and then get the appropriate blood test and rule it in or out. So there are similarities in the initial symptoms, although with many people who have Ebola, the condition deteriorates very rapidly and then they start having organ breakdown and then you're of course in a whole other sort of illness. So how is um, it truly spread, Doctor Redline? Well, okay, so the spread question has been one of the more uh, predominant issues brought up by almost everybody in you know my own family to the general public and everybody wants to know it and here's the facts as we know them are the following so Ebola uh, is not spread through the air period it cannot be spread through the air it is spread by direct contact with somebody else who's got infection of Ebola, with Ebola and it is spread through what's called bodily fluids in polite company, but in fact what we're talking about is blood, vomitus, diarrhea. Uh, it could be spread also theoretically from excretions. Um, you know, if you coughed up something or sneezed uh, liquid um, uh, that might contain Ebola virus or sweat might contain Ebola virus, but at a much lower uh, concentration than we'd find it in... Um, in blood, for instance. So the predominant ways of catching, uh, the predominant way is to catch Ebola uh, via the handling of a person or that person's secretions that are contaminated. And uh, and this, this goes for people who have just died also. So people are 
still contaminate it and, and can are contagious basically for several days after death and but that's that's how people contract this illness does the virus live on surfaces how long does it live on many surfaces the virus will live for just a few hours uh, but in let's say you have blood that's been dried up on blankets or towels or bedding or something that uh, or on the person themselves or the body of the person then we're talking about you know two or three days as, and as many as six or seven days so the uh, the virus actually remains viable and capable of causing disease um, in under those conditions of uh, in the in those uh, bodily fluids uh, or on a surface, but the surface is a much shorter lifespan for the virus. Is there a concern, Dr. Redliner, about it being in food or water spreading the virus? No, there's not really a concern about it being in the food or water that's spreading the virus. Um, and what would happen is, let's say, in a river where there are people, uh, well, a lot of people were quite sick with the virus and they bathed in the river and whatever that... Uh, that virus would be so diluted by the time anyone else got to it that it would not be causing, uh, not be uh, thought to cause a uh, spread of the disease. So do you think, what are the risks of it spreading in this country? People, should they be scared, Dr. Redliner? And how prepared do you think the U.S. is if it were to start spreading, if that man that came in from Liberia has, has contact, you know, been in touch with all those children and his family, then they went in touch with people, so is there a concern that it's going to start spreading in this country, and how prepared are we if it does? Well, you know, there's two parts of our, our health system in a sense. One is the hospitals and the doctors and the people that provide direct health care to individuals who are sick or who might be sick. Then there's the public health part, and this is relevant to the question you just asked. The public health agencies and professionals, uh, their role is to prevent disease, and when there is disease that may be contagious, is to track contacts of people who um, may be contagious and to put a halt to the spread of disease from one contact to the other. In some ways, we're fortunate with Ebola because you can't even spread the disease, even if you're incubating it. If you have it in your body, it takes between 2 and 21 days and averages around 8 to 10 days uh, before symptoms show up. But the good thing about it is, if there could be such a thing as a good thing about Ebola, is that while you're in the incubation period, in other words, if you have the Ebola in, the, in your body but you don't have symptoms, while you're in that phase, uh, you can't transmit it. So it's a little e- makes it easier then to identify people who have been in touch or in contact with the sick individual uh, and, uh, and then... Because they're not sick until they actually contract this they're disease. Not, I mean, not, they may and have been contagious. exposed, but not sick and not contagious. Right. Correct. Okay, so if so. someone gets Ebola, are they then immune for life? They may not be immune for life because there's several strains of Ebola, and you, you'd probably be immune for life for whatever strain you got, but that wouldn't necessarily protect you from other strains of the virus. So we only have a minute and a half left, Dr. Redliner. I'd like you to tell the listeners what you really want them to hear about Ebola, being so scared. And again, I didn't let you finish, but are we prepared for this? So, uh, first of all, people 
it's very normal and appropriate for people to be frightened about a very lethal disease that comes from another part of the world. It has landed here, and very naturally people are worried that this might be spreading. Uh, in this case, I don't think we have to worry. We're never going to have, uh, unless this something changes dramatically, we're not going to have an epidemic of Ebola in this country. We may have, I think it's likely we'll have some other people come into the country with Ebola who don't know they have it, or we don't know that they have it. There may be some contacts who get it, but it's entirely containable by finding the people, figuring out whether they're sick, and then isolating them. The big problem that I worry about and the fear that I have is about epidemics, but it's not about an Ebola epidemic. Uh, one of the things that this experience with Ebola has shown We only have that, 30 seconds, Dr. Rudner. Yeah, that we're not really ready to deal with a large-scale uh, outbreak of a serious virus like SARS we had 10 years ago or bird flu. Uh, and a lot of work we need to do, and hopefully that will happen shortly. I think we've got a scare in a big way that will hopefully make us do the things that uh, will allow us to get better prepared than we are right now. But Ebola will not be the culprit behind a major U.S. epidemic. Great information. Thank you so much. So we don't need to be as scared. And you've just heard it. If you missed any of the great information, listen again on demand or on the go at RadioMD.com and share this show with your friends so they can hear this good information too. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening and stay well.